What's up, crew? Welcome to Filming in Progress, the show that takes you backstage into the world of local businesses and the people who make them shine. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce Mandy Ballack, a dynamic entrepreneur behind businesses such as The Well, It's Date Night, and Branded Magazine. Mandy's mission is to help you unlock your path to freedom and fulfillment in life and business. Mandy, I've known you for like, what, six years now? I think more than that. More I than think that? Like lifetimes at this point, we'll say. <laughs> it seems like everything you've always done uh, is, re revolves around community. Wh why? Where does that stem from? Yeah, I think community is deeply embedded in, in me. I think community has always been the product. It's always been the mission. Um, it's what gets me out of bed every day. And I think it's because for so many years of my life, I really longed for it. If you go back and get emotional already, but um, take it all the way back, which you know most of us, the thing that drives us is something, a personal experience that we went through at some point in our life. And I really experienced a lot of uh, not fitting in, disconnect, like bullying as a kid, um, not feeling like I was a part of a community or a part of the crowd. And I always had this spirit of like the wallflower that was able to, you know, go into different places. Um, but I was always looking for my people and never really found them. And I think for many different times in my life, whether it was uh, different roles that I had in, in, in work, worked at Earl's for a long time. That was probably one of the first communities that I felt like I belonged in um, or moving from Vancouver to Calgary and trying to find a community. Um, it was always, it was always just this piece of me that I always wanted and was looking for. And so I've been very driven to create a sense of belonging for others because I think when we, first of all, when we, when we have places that we can feel ourselves, that's where we thrive. I think that's where joy happens. Like our sense of purpose, our sense of connection, um, it all sparks with, who's around you, right? So, the, I mean, there's, it's always been the driving force and it's also always been the catalyst. Like a community has always been the catalyst for my next business, my next idea, my next level, my next iteration, my next evolution. Um, and I have lots of stories I can share about those if you want to go there. But, um, you know, it, it, it started early. It was like grade seven, grade eight really feeling like I didn't have that. So I've been committed to creating it. When you were going through this, this lack of, of community or lack of belonging, did you know that you were going to be the one to build it? It's a really good question because it almost just became this part of me, this identity that I didn't really see until, um, until I really took a step back and like you did, like, you know, Steve Jobs says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. And in coming into myself and in really identifying my purpose and the things that drive me, which I've spent a lot of time doing in the last few years, um, I think I've realized, oh, wow, now I really understand why this is my superpower, because it was also my pain. And um, I think initially I didn't have the level of intention, but I certainly do now. And it's um, it's taken many different shapes and, and forms, but it's definitely, it's definitely a superpower. 
Superpower in the sense that it comes naturally. You're incredible at it, obviously. But. Yeah, I think that's the thing with our superpowers. It's like sometimes we don't even realize there are superpowers because it is something that is just it's it's a part it's a part of us, you know. Um, for me, I I naturally look at something. I'm like, oh, you two need to meet. You need to connect. At the core of every thriving community is a united mission. Like it's people that have the same sense of values, the, the people that have the same sense of purpose. If we're going to have a successful community, we all need to be united towards one thing. And when we are, um, so many amazing things can happen. So I think that, yeah, the superpower, it, it, it comes very naturally, but sometimes we overlook it. We take it for granted, you know, and community building is incredibly important. Yeah, it, it is. And, and it, it's clear that it comes naturally to you and you're incredible at it, which makes it your superpower. But um, when you when you first experienced that you were, was there like an aha moment or something like that when you first experienced, you know, you maybe you connected two people or you had a group together, that sort of thing. And you were like, this is what I'm called to do. I have a very specific example about this, actually. And it was it was 2019. So 2019 was the year that my husband and I were getting married and I had been an entrepreneur for many years. So as you know, as an entrepreneur, we're in our work every day. We've got our head down, we're buried in it. And I was sort of missing a sense of community in myself. Like I didn't have a lot of friends that I was investing time with. I had just been so committed to the mission and like getting up every day. And my community at that time was my employees, my team, my work and building for everybody else. And 2019, it, James and I were getting married and uh, we had a discussion about you know who we wanted in our wedding party, what we wanted things to look like. And we actually decided to have a very small wedding. We decided to have, I think we had 12 people at our wedding. Like it was so intimate and it was so special. That wasn't the scary part. The scary part was asking someone to be my maid of honor. And when I asked my, I called up my friend who is an old friend of mine. We've, we've known each other for like many decades. And I said, uh, I want you to be my maid of honor. And she said to me, she said, okay, I'll do that. I'd love to do that. We're going to plan your bachelorette party now. And that to me was this moment of, oh no, who's going to show up for me? Who's going to be there? Who's going to come? I haven't been investing in my friends. And I reluctantly, you know, she said, pass me over a list and I'll take care of the rest for you. Like I'll call everyone up and I'll plan the whole thing. I, the feeling that I had then was, you know, I felt a lot of, like it was very reflective. It was like, what have I been doing? Why am I doing this for everyone else? This is Tony. <laughs> Why am I doing this for everyone else? Um, but this is something I'm really missing. So we went through the motions. She sent out the invites, she sent out the text, she sent the emails, and we landed on Kelowna for the bachelorette party. So we're sitting there, it's Friday afternoon, and her and I are sitting on the dock at, uh, at my stepmom's place, and we open up a couple palm bays, and the crew's on the way. And one by one, these women start to sit down, and they're introducing themselves, because. This is a motley crew. Like none of these people had existing relationships before. But as they were sitting down and as the conversation started to 
um, started to sort of click. Uh, I paused us for a moment and I was going through introductions and I said, you know, it would be amazing. I think it'd be amazing if everyone could introduce themselves, but share what's real for you right now. Like what is real for you? What's going on in your life? And each one of these women went around and they took the time to introduce themselves and share struggle. They shared stories of, you know, what was real. There was a friend of mine that was struggling to get pregnant. There was another friend that was going through a divorce. There was another friend that was struggling with antidepression or on medication. And, you know, it was just these real connection points. It wasn't talking about the weather. It was in that moment that I had this visceral reaction to it and this visceral response to it. And I said, this is what I meant to do. I am meant to connect people. I'm meant to bring people together, but not just bring people together, bring people together through truth, through vulnerability, through connection, through the good stuff, because there's so much more that connects us when it comes to truth, like just life, you know, and it's pretty common that, you know, we go seeking community or we go seeking connection, but we stay at this level of, hey, it's sunny outside. Hey, the weather is cold. Um, it's like facts, it's layer one. But when we get beneath the surface, that is where connection really can happen. That's intimacy, that's community. That's where you can be yourself, your true self. And that's a really powerful place. Incredible. It's, it's beautiful that it, it was stemmed out of that, that place <clears throat> with your friends, you know, and, and just that vulnerable place. Do you, I'm curious why people are hesitant to get there in the first place, or maybe they're not given the platform, or what, in your experience, why, why are people, you know, averse to being vulnerable with each other? I think we all think we're supposed to be somewhere else by now. Like, I hear this, I spend so much time with leaders, with entrepreneurs at, at different levels. And, um, you know, I've made it my mission to have vulnerable conversations with as many people as possible now. So I feel like what I experience and the conversations that I have is everyone is sort of walking around with this armor, like I've got it all together. And there's this fear of looking bad. There's this fear of what will people think of me? There's this fear of revealing ourselves because someone else is going to have an interpretation or a reaction to it. And I feel so many of us are, you know, we're comparing ourselves. We're, we're seeing someone's 10-year journey and, you know, where they are and we're looking at ourselves and we're judging ourselves that we're not adding up to that or we're not at the imaginary finish line that is supposed to be there, you know? Um, and so I think that people hold themselves back from sharing like, hey, I'm in it right now. I'm struggling right now. This is, this is where I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Um, because that is supposedly weakness. You know, that's supposedly um, revealing that we don't have it all together or that, you know, the optics uh, versus the reality, you know. Um, but what I've learned is that it's actually in that vulnerability that's the strength. The shared vulnerability the is shared where the... vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. Like once you get into it, 
there, I, we're all, we're all experiencing it in some way, you know, there's a level of doubt that creeps into everybody's day. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, how much experience you have, it shows up, you know, and when we can have real conversations about that, that truth point is actually, um, it's actually where we get to grow, where we get to challenge ourselves and where we get to connect. Awesome. When people are, are averse to getting there, maybe they haven't experienced it forever before, or they haven't opened themselves up to, to the vulnerability in order to, you know, make a true connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that, like, wh- where are these walls? Where do these walls come from? The walls come from expectations, like expectations of ourselves specifically. Um, in my experience, I mean, I, I, I work with a lot of high achieving people and that's me too. And I've had to do a lot of work on my walls because the expectations that uh, I have carried for myself um, of perfection or, hey, I have to have it all figured out or no, no, it's all good. Like polishing, armoring up, being strong, being resilient, all those things are expectations, especially in leadership especially if, you know, people are looking at you in the room like you're supposed to know, you know, and, and we carry that as, well, I have to have it figured out or, you know, I have to have it perfect. I'm the one with the answers. So the expectation piece, I think, is it provides, a, it's a lot of pressure, like so much pressure. Um, outside of expectations, I think, I think one of the reasons, I think there's also, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a, a desire for connection, but a fear of connection that forms out of that. Um, I don't know what else I could say about that. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe like hurt from past relationships. Has, has yeah, that ever been a factor? I think that's, I think that's a good, that's a good point. It's, it's like, if only we, if, if only we could love like we've never been hurt before, you know? And I think that that leads to part of that armor. Past experiences, uh, what if people leave? I mean, that's a big one for me. When I shared those stories about when I was a kid and feeling left out, feeling like I had a whole group of friends one day and then all those group of friends turned on me the next day. And that was really confusing for me as a kid. Like that was really confusing for me in I was in grade 11 and I spent a lot of lunches in the bleachers by myself. And I think that was a big contributing factor to the walls that I put up. Um, and also the persona that I carried of, I'm good. I got it all together. Look at my leather jacket, like, you know, and that made me feel safe. And it was safer not to connect. It was safer not to build relationships and let people in than to let them in and fear that they would leave. Sounds like a lot of self-reflection work before you can help others. Mm-hmm. Is that common for the people that you meet and that sort of thing, especially you were talking about leaders and, and yeah. how they kind of have bigger walls potentially because of the expectation around them and those who they're leading to, to be strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that to be a commonality between leaders or, or you know entrepreneurs? I think our relationship with ourselves is so important. 
um, when it comes to building healthy relationship, whether that's team, whether that's building a culture, whether that's building a relationship with a partner, this level, uh, like community be begins within yourself. Creating community, creating that sense of trust, connect, you know, think about all the things that make a great relationship, like trust at the foundation. Um, that has to exist within you before anything to really sustain um, a powerful connection, a powerful relationship, a healthy, a healthy bond, a healthy relationship, a healthy team. Something I share in a lot of my work that I do is, you know, your business is a direct reflection of you. Your business can only be as healthy as you are. Your culture is a direct reflection of you and how healthy you are. And that relationship with yourself is the foundation for community, for belonging. I think even in these stories that I share about struggling with connection or struggling with letting people in, that also was a struggle for me in my teams. It was a struggle for me as a leader. It was a struggle, um, it was a struggle for me in many of my relationships. And learning more about myself building more trust with myself, building more connection with myself has made me so much stronger and so much healthier in all of those areas, in all my relationships. Do you find, because you know, this is what you do. So do you find that people reach out and are still maybe hesitant to actually do the work? You know, maybe, maybe they've experienced, they've been told or they've experienced that, um, uh, you know, things have to change because things stem with me and, you know, the culture isn't great because maybe I'm not promoting it, whatever the case may be. Um, but then you start working with them and they're hesitant to go there. A hundred percent. And I think the work is, um, there's people think the work is like writing in a journal or crystals and <laughs> like it's all roses, but the truth is it's, like there's a meme that's like, it's actually like riding on the magic teacup ride and it's like going around like this and you're like hanging on for dear life. I feel like that's really what it is. Um, but it's absolutely worth it. I, I do think a lot of people, um, it's painful to go there sometimes, you know, especially if you have experiences that were painful for you and many of us you know whether we're talking about big life experiences or small little ones um it's how our body interpreted it it's the experience that we took from it it's the stories that we've told ourselves about it for years and years um and it's not comfortable to lean into that it's not comfortable to look in the mirror sometimes and it takes time as well and most of us want change like this most of us want to read a book and know how to go into our work or know how to go into a relationship and know exactly how to follow some seven-step roadmap and some plan. Like, give me the answers already. It should be, we should be working by now, you know? But it isn't like that. Um, I think when you commit to your own work, it's absolutely a lifelong journey. It's not linear at, at all. Um, but it is... It is the opportunity to build that sense of connection, build that sense of trust. It's that opportunity to find a lot of freedom and a lot of peace. And I think your peace, you know, the peace is your power.
Love that. Mm-hmm. When, when somebody is keen on working on themselves, they want to go there, they want to figure it out, they want to build that trust and, and build that relationship with themselves first. Mm-hmm. What, what are kind of the first steps that they've, you know, that you recommend they do? It's li- I think it's little things. Um, the word trust specifically is so important. And, it, you know, one of the first things that I'll do with a client or in a conversation with someone is just ask what kind of promises someone's keeping to themselves. Or, you know, what, what, are, what, are, the, what are their habits and routines and things like that and, and what that looks like. And it, it really comes down to small things. It comes down to, um, you know, if you make a commitment to yourself, are you following through? We're creating these little infractions all the time. It's like making deposits and making withdrawals in a bank account. So uh, we want to make sure, like, the key, the key to all things is deposit more than you withdraw, right? Um, so when we make a promise to ourselves, whether that's, hey, I'm going to start eating healthier or I want to wake up earlier or, you know, working on a relationship is important to me. Um, When we say those things and we're not in integrity with the follow through, it withdraws. When we set our, you know, what's our relationship with the snooze button? This is always the example, right? And it's like, also, I'm not always getting this right. Like my relationship with the snooze button right now, look how cute Tony is. Like it goes off and I'm like, yeah, Tony, we'll snuggle a little bit longer. So it's not perfect, but it's an example. If the snoo- if the alarm's going off at six and you're hitting snooze till eight, you're waking up in this place of, well, I've just broken this first promise with myself today. And that is continuing to be in a relationship with shame. It's continuing to be in a relationship with the thing that's actually causing you disconnection from yourself. So we look at like, what's one thing? Like what's one thing, what's one promise, what's one step that you could clean that up with? Like what what would make the difference? Not choosing a whole bunch of things, a whole habit tracker. It's not trying to say, I'm gonna, you know, work on my fitness, work on my health, like all the perfect stuff. It's like, what, what's one thing and do that tomorrow. Try again the next day, do it again and stack and build on that. And that that's the foundation. It builds confidence when we can feel little wins within ourselves. We're like, I did that. What else is possible? Oh, wow. Like I committed to myself for 30 days. I could do that. Maybe I could do it for another month. Maybe I could do it for you know, a year, what could be possible there? And that is increasing our capacity, like our capacity for creating the life we want, creating the relationship we want, becoming the leader we wanna be, becoming the person that we wanna be. It starts with really little things, just one promise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, repetition builds builds confidence realistically, right? And, and so, you know, you hear all the time of people trying to make these drastic life changes to like, you know, I want to change these 30 things tomorrow. And then so you're saying that when when those things are not sustainable for them to to continue to do or or maybe it's too much at once, then you're actually hurting yourself more than you're helping. 100 percent. I think that so many of us are trying to fix ourselves as well. And I think it's really important that we when we take a step back and, and notice like, what is it that we're really trying to change? Like, you don't need to be fixed. It's actually just a matter of getting into alignment with what you want to choose in your life and being intentional about those choices. 
So if things aren't, if you're not feeling the way you want to feel, what what's another choice that you can make? And and I, I really believe in, you know, I think it's James Clear. He's, he talks about stacking habits, right? It's like pick one thing. And then when you do really well at that, like add on one more thing, add on one more thing. But it's not sustainable to get on the bandwagon on January 1 and be like, I'm going to learn Italian. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to be my 10x self. Like, it's just, it's, it's not realistic, right? Um, so I think small changes, consistency, and having a lot of grace with yourself. Like change, transformation, evolution, it's, uh, it, it, it takes time. And for some of us, we're overcoming a lot of patterns, a lot of years, a lot of time doing a particular thing. And we have to recognize that it, um, again, it's not linear and we can reset any time, but it's coming back and staying anchored in that, maybe more of that vision rather than the goals. It's like, how do you want to feel? What do you want life to look like? How do you want to show up as a leader? Like more of those vision questions rather than, uh, a, a goal that's attached to some sort of outcome, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and staying really rooted in that. So then would it be, it would be, I imagine quite important to set those goals in advance. So you want to set, you know, who you want to be, how you want to be, what that relationship looks like to use your words, um, in advance and then take the micro steps to get there. Yeah. I think it's the vision for, you know, if you want, um, if you want a better today, it's always about creating the vision for a bigger tomorrow. I don't know who said that, but we'll give them credit. That I didn't make that up. Someone did. Um, I, think, I think having vision, even if it's aspirational, is what motivates us, you know? And if we can say, how do I wanna show up in this world? I wanna be brave. I wanna be courageous. I wanna be kind. I wanna be compassionate. I wanna be vulnerable. I wanna be real. I wanna be transparent. I wanna be honest. If we can say that, that is so, to me, that's so much more motivating than I want to achieve this goal by this day and I'm going to take these 10 steps. It's a check-in, it's a reset, it's a recalibration of how are you showing up in your life? How are you showing up as the leader of your life? How are you showing up as the leader of your relationship? How are you showing up as the leader of your business, of your community, of your family? And... If the last few years have taught me anything, it's that we don't have a lot of control over what's happening externally. We don't necessarily have control over the goal that we set fully. I don't even like the word goal anymore. I like to use the term vision and instead of plans, it's priorities. So what's the vision for how you wanna show up and lead in your life? And what are the priorities that you can choose every day? Love it. So it's like a, it's kind of like the start with why concept, right? It's to, to, to understand the foundation of why you want to change something and then work towards it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And an identity piece in there, I think is important too. So it's the why for sure, but who are you being in that? What's your, you know, like what's how, what's the person, who's the person that you want to be? What part of you do you want to call forward in that why? Mm -hmm. So the mindset, the mindset is completely changed and, and you, you, you know, you develop this person in you that, uh, that when they put their mind to something, they can achieve anything. 
I think they have to, they can, it's absolutely about putting your mind to it, but it's also about seeing that vision. And this is something I've been talking to a lot of people recently about in setting goals or setting vision or direction in life or business. It's like, are you running from something or are you running towards something? And I think many of us create our goals, our vision from a place of, well, I don't want this, so this must be the, the place I wanna go to, right? I just use health because it's so easy. A lot of us have different health goals that we're working towards. So it's like, well, I don't wanna feel like this, so I'm gonna eat healthier, right? Um, or I don't wanna have this be late, so we're working from this energy of like, I don't wanna hand this, this project in late versus I know how good it's going to feel on the side of completing this on time. And I think that that same example can really apply to, I, I believe in how, that, how good that will feel to show up in the embodiment of that person. I know how good it will feel to show up as an authentic leader and create powerful conversations. I know how it will, how good it will feel to create a room full of people that feel like they can be themselves and belong. That's the thing that I think can really motivate and keep you propelled, like moving forward and driving towards something. So it's the why, but it's also the embodiment and like your spirit in it. Amazing. When you're dealing with clients and friends and you have this you have this aura around you that's like so inviting and friendly and warm, um, I imagine people, you know, they, they, they're obviously drawn to that. We talked about that earlier. Do you have to set boundaries for yourself on, you know, when you can work on people or not work on people, but help them through things and that sort of thing? What does that look like? Yeah, I've had to learn that actually. Um, definitely. I think for a lot of people that are in service and supporting people, uh, holding space for others, creating space. I, I think a lot of people that are helping and in service of others can maybe relate to this, a pattern of overgiving or, um, you know, not having any energy left for yourself at the end of the day. This is definitely something that I really struggle with uh, and I'm still working on. And it's, uh, it's, it's always an evolution and it's always something that I'm pausing and checking my energy. How am I? And it's something I've had to learn how to give myself permission to do, which is take space for myself and to fill myself back up. Um, I really believe when we take the time not only take the time, but understand the importance and the necessity as leaders, as people in service, as people are, that are here to create an impact to support others, that we recognize the absolute necessity of filling our own well before it runs dry. Um, when we can do that, we can give from such a place of abundance and overflow, not from a place of you know, depletion and exhaustion. I'm no good to my clients if I have been running from meeting to meeting, from Zoom to Zoom, from event to event, and I've definitely been that person. And I definitely have seasons when I catch myself and need to reset and need to scale back and need to recalibrate. I'm getting way better. I'm practicing way more. I'm giving myself more space. Um, but it's also, uh, it's, it's, it changes, right? Every season really demands something different and um, it takes, it takes a, a step back to, to do that. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
I like to work it into little blocks throughout every day. My mornings are my sacred time. They are my, I love to get up early um, and claim that space for myself before I start the day. I love to go for walks solo with the dog, listen to a podcast or just some music, write out my thoughts. That really helps me get grounded and centered to show up and hold space for others and create space for others. Are you able to identify when these when these periods are coming? You know, where you're, you know, maybe you're experiencing a little bit of burnout or you're giving yourself a little bit too much and you you, you do need that reset. A hundred percent. It's really hard also because there's a lot of things that I want to bring to life and I get excited about that. Um, so as I've created this relationship with myself and as I've created these uh, you know, these tools, these integration sessions, these reflections, these morning routines, things like that. I'm doing a daily check-in. Um, how's my energy today? I can see when I, my calendar, like if I'm looking ahead at the calendar and I'm like, that's a lot of blocks. There's not a lot of space. That's a cue for me to check in with my priorities. That's a cue for me to come back to vision and say, hold on a second. What's the yes that I gave everyone here? Is this a yes right now? And maybe I need to take a step back and maybe I need to pause. Um, something that I, you know, I just love to be honest with people and vulnerable with people and, you know, share, hey, here's where I'm at right now. Can we move that? Can we shift that? And um, I think it gives other people permission to do that too. If I ever have to cancel something last minute, you know, the I always hear back from someone, I'm so grateful that you canceled because I could use the space too. And sometimes we... You know, we're like, we don't want to let others down, but what we're doing is we're just depleting our own tank. And so we have to be really mindful and, and check in with that. Yeah, you, you talked a little bit about this earlier, but you can't show up for somebody else fully if you're not fully there in the first place. No, right? so. if you're not present, if you're, you know, if you're running a mile a, mile a minute all the time and um, it, it's, it's, it's not going to be really good for anybody, so... You talked a little bit about some of the things that you do too, so you, your mornings and that sort of thing, but how do you ensure that you're showing up to the best of your ability, at, like some other tactics maybe? Yeah, I think health is a number one for me. Um, investing in vitality time. You know, I love, I love my sense of community activities with friends is like, can we go for a walk or can we go for a workout? And I love that um, because we get to go do something active together. It fills the fills the tank, the connection tank, and it's also movement related. Um, but, uh, you know, getting outside, spending time outside every day, like I said, in, in morning routine is really powerful. Um, I do something where I, so the vision, the vision piece and the, the vision review is, is a really powerful calibrator. I think five minutes in the morning can remind you who you are, what you're doing, what's important, what your priorities are. And I have it as a note in my phone. I also have it as an audio that I've recorded for myself, which is a little manifesto for myself of this is the person I want to show up as. This is how I want to show up. This is how I want to lead my life. And um, presence is actually my biggest KPI. It's like how present, present am I in what I'm doing? How present am I in my relationship? How present am I with myself? And um, that, you know, I'll listen to the little voice note in the morning or I'll read it if I have more space to do that. That's an anchor for me. That's an anchor. Some, some days it's like, a oof, like it's like we are off track, like we need to get back. 
But that reminder is, I think we all need that. It's again what like a strong community does. It, it, rem it reminds you who you are. And that doesn't always come in the form of cheerleading. That comes in the form of challenging. And uh, it comes in the, the form of advocating and championing and coaching. And sometimes we, we need that reminder to get ourselves back in, in the direction we want to go. And um, that comes down to, you know, sometimes we have to choose differently that day. We have to set different priorities that day. we got to set boundaries that day. You're talking about presence, and I think that's something that everybody everybody struggles with. You know, there's so many different things. There's so many distractions. There's so many things that we have to think about and worry about, and all these things. Um, and you talked about measuring that. And and is it is it something that you are just uh, hyper aware of? You know, you're you're making a mental note when I mean we all do it. We're drifting off in conversation, totally. or or you know, I want to check my phone that's buzzing, or whatever the case. It's an addiction. It truly is. And, you know, I'm passionate about this because it's also something I struggle the most with. I'm not sitting here by any means being like, I am perfectly in this. I'm like, this might be my life's mission is to work on this. And, you know, the gift that I really want to be able to give people is my full presence and, and giving myself my full presence, my husband, my relationships. When I'm with someone to give them my full presence, I feel like it's such a gift. But we are so distracted. We are so distracted. We are so addicted it's this thing that it just like runs our show all the time, you know? Um, I think Simon Sinek says it like, you know, even just your phone on the table in the middle of a conversation, like zaps the energy out of a relationship, right? So um, I am hyper aware of it. My husband and I create boundaries with, you know, whether it's on date night or um, a couple nights a week, like, we, you know, the phone goes away. I, I told James that I would love him to make me a phone jail one day, like an actual physical phone jail. Um, but, you know, we're pretty mindful that the phone doesn't come with us when, you know, whether that's when we're going to sleep or when we're having nights together, when we're out for dinner, things like that. I think it's really key. And I think um, when we can just create that awareness of what it's costing us, like, it's costing us now, all we have is now for our, our level of connection, um, the opportunity for intimacy, the opportunity to really see people. Like if you're like, hey, how, how was your day? Versus, hey, how was your day? Mm -hmm. You know, I think we all just want to be seen, heard and acknowledged. And it's really hard to do that when we're having a device in our hand and trying to multitask anything. Absolutely. So it's not perfect. I think we just all can be more cautious of it. Have you ever had to make any tough decisions on relationships, whether it be personal or business or anything like that in regards to maybe, maybe they just don't want to do the work or maybe they don't, maybe they're too full of their distractions or that relationship is no longer serving you, anything like that? I mean, how long do we have? <laughs> you know, I think that's an, I think it's an interesting question. Um, I think that that's been a natural unfolding in life. I think that, you know, especially over the last few years, I think that there's been a lot of shift in relationships. There's been a lot of shift in priorities. There's been um, just a newfound level of I don't know, values alignment, like, I think, I think we're all so much more sensitive to what's real 
and what's not and what's for us and what's not. Like we've had this opportunity to recalibrate and the circle has definitely gotten smaller over the years, but it's gotten deeper. Mm -hmm. And I just know in myself, what I've noticed is I just don't have as much, like there isn't anything in me that's like, oh yeah, cool, that's, we'll just hang out. Like, yeah, we should grab coffee sometime when that genuine connection isn't there, when that genuine relationship isn't there um, and no forcing. You know, I think a younger version of myself would have been like, oh, they're cool. Like, let's go hang out. Let's go. And it's like, you know, I to me, what matters most is that I notice how I feel around people. I really notice how I feel around people. And I invest in the people that um, there's reciprocation of that Mm -hmm. values alignment for sure. Um, But yeah, of course, there's there's been there's been people that we've had to say goodbye you know, and uh, people that blow you off or say one thing and act another, I just, I have more important, like there's other priorities, you know, there's other people. You, you talk about this shift, and I, I 100% agree that, you know, there's been a shift in, in intentionality, I think, and, and col- well, collaboration loosely, but um, just, just I, th- I, think there, I think there has been a shift for more genuine connection recently whether people know how to how to go about it or not is maybe a different story but what do you think what do you think spurred that shift and why is that why is that continuing to evolve Mm -hmm. I think we all collectively went through something together and um I really feel like a lot of us had a lot more time to reflect to go within to you know and and seeing um, seeing and experiencing our own challenges, our own destruction. Um, some of that destruction led to transformation, but it was still destruction. And um, I, I think I think there was a unified experience that we all had, and that that brings people together. That really brings people together. I think more people are deeply craving depth, like. They want to talk about more than the weather. We're more isolated than ever. Our devices have us, you know, access to whatever we want in a minute. I could get anything on Amazon delivered by dinner time tonight, and uh, I can jump on any platform and have any conversation, or you know, get in the living room of, you know, any brand or celebrity or influencer or whatever. And it's like it's this so-called connection, but we're so far from connected. So I think that what I'm seeing now is this deep desire for intimacy. You know, you're even seeing, I'm seeing a lot more trends through on social platforms of, you know, DMs, closed communities. It, it's, it's right there, right? People want to talk on a more intimate level. And I'm here for it. No doubt. Do you think that, that the access to be able to... Um talk to anybody that you want via your phone or, you know, online is, is a detriment or, or maybe a deterrence to, to true connection? Or is it possible to, um, to, you know, get on that level virtually? I think it really depends. I think it really depends. Like, I think that there's so much power, um, there's, you know, the, the, I'm talking about all the negative things about devices and stuff like that, but there's also so much power 
and so many good things that have come from it as far as accessibility, as far as access, you know, um, being able to connect globally with people. Um, but I think it really depends on how, how we use it. It depends on who you're talking to. It depends on intent. Um, I think about, I think about how cool it was during, I, I'll just say Panda, to see people that, you know, I've read, I pick up their books and um, I got to see them hanging out in their living room and having a conversation and engaging with them. And that was really cool. And I think that that also, like there was no hierarchy at that point and it was just humans connecting. And so I think um, there's also so much power there. Do you ever, I'm always curious, uh, people who, who specialize in certain areas or are really great at things, their early stages of exercising that they experience imposter syndrome. Is that something that resonates with you? Yeah, I don't even think it's the early stages. I think it's always there. I think if we are like ever evolving people and I think imposter syndrome, we can use it as a power. And this is what I've really realized having conversations with people is we all experience it and we all think we're alone in it. But the truth is, is that, especially if you're putting your hand up to, you know, carve a new path, to do something bold, to step onto a stage, to be a leader, to put your hand up to do something like that is saying, I'm here to blaze a new trail and I'm here to do something different. That means there's no roadmap. There is no, no one can hand it to you and be like, here's how you do it. And so we're always gonna feel like an imposter in that like, why me? Who am I to do this? No one else has done it before. And I think when we can recognize that, for me, that feels like power. That's like, okay, I'm feeling imposter syndrome right now, but that must mean I'm onto something. That must mean that I'm getting uncomfortable. That must mean that I'm stepping up to a new edge. Does it feel any better? No. You know, it, it, it's, it can sometimes be like it creeps in and it's like, hold on a second. Maybe I should recoil. Maybe I should go back to where I feel safe. Maybe I should go back into that room. Maybe I should go back to that relationship. Maybe I should go back to what I was doing before. And it's really easy to do that. But that is in some ways just our mind trying to keep us safe because we will always go back to the last place we felt safe. So I really love to pause when we're feeling that level of imposter syndrome and check in and see if you can use that as power to keep going. See as the, you can use that as a sign that you're on the right track and there isn't a roadmap, but you absolutely should keep going. That's often the first step in, in everything that we've been discussing, right, is, is kind of getting uncomfortable and, and almost getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. I don't think that gets easier. But, you know, it does. The more uncomfortable things you do and the more uncomfortable things that you survive and the more uncomfortable things that you got through, it really does increase that capacity and that trust within yourself that you're like, I've made it through all those tough things and I can believe faster I can believe faster that I can get through this too. I can believe faster that I am capable of moving through this. I can believe faster that if I just take that next step, even though I can't see what's going to happen, um, that I'll be okay. You know, and 
we all we want to we want the guarantee before the leap. We always do. But if we just sat there and waited, we'd never do anything. So believe faster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And trust the process, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trust the process. The small steps lead to the big ones, right? Mm -hmm. um, what fulfills you most about what you do with, with, with your work with communities, your work with individuals? Um, I mean, you have s several things going on right now. Maybe let's dive into that a little bit. Oh, yeah. What fulfills me most? I... I love seeing people take action. I love seeing people step into themselves. I love like the things that I come home and like I'll tell James, I'm like, oh my God, I got this text from someone today or this happened in one of my groups or with a client or like it's seeing people break through their own limits. It's seeing people feel themselves. That's fulfilling to me. And it's fulfilling to me because I worked my ass off to do that as well. And I, it, it feel, it's just like, it's that sense of feeling at home within yourself. And um, yeah, that's, that's definitely the most fulfilling thing. And then seeing things come to life, like, and seeing people come to life within what I create is really fulfilling to me. Um, so community building, that's some, you know, that's the product, that's the mission. Um, and that's, that's showing up in a few different ways for me right now, what I'm doing right now. Um, so I have a podcast and I have a community that is women leaders and entrepreneurs. Uh, it's called The Well. It was previously called ACE. Within that, I have built a conference called The Rise Conference. And uh, that was founded in 2019. So this has been a multi-city iteration experience. Um, we hosted a couple during Panda also online and in person, which was amazing. And um, I work with a lot of different clients, whether that be one-on-one -on -one or in groups, to do some of the work that we've been talking about today. Um, and then I've just actually stepped into a new role in um, as the president of The Gathering, which is a business and marketing conference. I want to say it's so much more than, than that as well, but it, it, its spirit is exactly this too. It's bringing people together. It's intimacy, it's connection, um, and it's an amazing experience that happens in Banff every year. And I'm tasked with the mission of building community around that. So um, I spend my days very deeply in purpose in, in this work. And uh, it, it really inspires me, fulfills me, gets me out of bed every day to think about the experiences that people are gonna have and to create experiences that people feel connected, that feel like they belong and um, places that people can thrive. Awesome. I, I love, you use the word uh, transformation quite a bit. What is that, What like, I, I suppose, there's so many different um, avenues. You know, it might be personal transformation, business transformation. Um, you know, breaking a barrier. Mm -hmm. What is the commonality between all of these things? And and are, is you know, are they all the same? Hmm. Transformation to me, I mean, it's it's in all cases, it's a process. It's like we're here, we want to be here, and it's the caterpillar's journey to become a butterfly, essentially. So, you know, everyone knows that. A caterpillar one day it just stops eating and it just wraps itself up and you know it turns into this chrysalis and then it's in this cocoon and then one day it comes out 
a butterfly. But what we don't really talk about is that in between that metamorphosis is mush. It's the mush. And on our road to transformation, sometimes we're trying to fix or force or become too quickly, whether that's in teams or culture. It's like, we wanna be here tomorrow or personal transformation. It's trying to do too many things too quickly or putting too much pressure on yourself or trying to change everything at once. Uh, relationship transformation, uh, it's trying to get two people on the same track, you know, right away or align like that. But the reality is if you ever tried to pull the caterpillar out of the mush too soon, it would never survive. So when I think of transformation, I really think about it as a process. And I think about trusting where you are in that journey and giving yourself space, compassion, grace, and it's always this reminder for me, it's like you can't rush a butterfly. So whatever it is that you want, it might take you a year, it might take you five years, it might take you a lifetime to get there, but we, um, it's, it, all we can really do is cast the vision and then every day work towards it. Like what can I control today? What can I prioritize today? Who can I continue to work to, to become today? Beautiful. What would you say to those people that are just, you know, feeling stuck? They're feeling stuck and they don't know what the next step is to, to kind of get out of that, that place. Couple things. Um, it, like if nothing changes, nothing changes. Uh, if you're feeling stuck and you've been trying a lot of things, shake it up, change the environment, go have some fun, take your mind off it. Stop trying to grow. Stop trying to fix yourself. Like, you know, sometimes it's like, you know what, let's go bowling. <laughs> Do something completely different. Take a drive to the mountains, like go shake it up a little bit. I think shaking it up is really important. Um, I think that's really powerful. And like sometimes we just have so much pressure on ourselves, right? So sometimes just that, that spirit of let's go have some fun, shake it up, let's do something different. Um, can help you create a different result. Like it's, you know, if you're sitting in the same office every day and you're saying, staring at the same wall and you open up and it's the same desktop computer, like go take a break, you know, that's really important. And then another thing I think when you're, when you're stuck is start with something small, create a win for yourself. What's a small win you could create for yourself. If we have these like big, targets, these big things, these big boulders, these big rocks, these big mountains that we're trying to climb and we're not getting anywhere. We have to create like a small little journey that we can take that we can celebrate something with ourselves, with our teams, with our relationship. Um, so what would be the, a small little win? What would be something you, you could do today to create that for yourself? Um, and then once you have that win, it creates more trust, more confidence a little bit more momentum because momentum is really hard to create when you're at a standstill. Like think about like a train trying to get, trying to get growing, right? It's like, we have to like get over the first couple humps and then momentum can, can kick in. So how can you create momentum for yourself? Try something new, go have some fun. Don't try and fix yourself and uh, create a little win. Yeah. 
the the idea of just creating those little wins, I think, is so overlooked, mm -hmm. you know, and appreciating them too, because mm -hmm. they they happen all the time. But uh, identifying them, I think, is a whole different story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you manage your time? You know, you've got so many different things going on. Uh, how do you choose to? You mentioned you probably you mentioned priorities earlier. Um, you know, do those shift? Do those change? Uh, on a week, what does a week in in Mandy's life look like? Mm -hmm. um, I think if anyone were to look at my calendar, they it might stress them out because I have a lot of time blocks in it. But those time blocks actually allow me to feel a lot of ease and a lot of peace because I know that I have little blocks that are designated for different types of work, um, different types of focus and my priorities, right? So that's something that uh, is always foundational, it's in there. I try and give myself deep work time um, when it's not a ping pong of all the things, but it's, here's the mission for today. Here's the assignment today. What can you get done in 90 minutes or, or a three hour block? I think those are really powerful. Um, when things are really busy, I give myself a miracle hour, <laughs> I like to call it a miracle hour. I don't know who made this up. Also, I, I, someone shared this with me one time, but it's just one focused hour where you're setting up your week and you're moving things forward. And it's amazing what happens when you don't bring your cell phone into your office, close off all your distractions, and you have one mission. Like, you, I take a post-it, I write, it, write down the mission, and we do the mission. Um, and I think that, 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 that feels peaceful to me, you know? Um, not trying to compete with a bunch of other priorities or, or other things. Um, that's important. And then leaving a little space and openness for flexibility is also good because life is throwing things at us. And um, I've had to learn my, my overachiever, let's time block every moment self has had to learn that if we don't create space for the pivot or the things that we need to respond to, um, it can also feel like a lot of pressure. So there's a, there's a fine balance between the two. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, if let's if you're working towards something, you know, you're working towards those little wins and mm -hmm. then you're super super rigid and you know, you don't allow for maybe something that might come up that's 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 going to be incredible or, totally. or valuable to you. Yeah. 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 Um what does success look like to you? What do you want your, you know, your legacy to be? I think in many ways like I I get to feel success every day. Um and I think that that's because I've created that vision for what success is and I get up every day and I am, I, I get to live it. Like success for me is, um, it's a healthier relationship. Success w for me is uh, connection with people that I care about. It's reciprocal relationships. Success to me is getting up every day and getting to choose the work that I do and getting to play in my strengths and create an impact and see the impact of my work. Um, success to me is a walk with the dog. Success for me is a weekly date night with my husband. Um, this is not by accident. This is by design. So um, to me, and even in, in seasons when there's, you know, lots shifting and lots happening, it's, it's prioritizing those little pieces every day. And it's, it's making sure that the things that allow me to feel successful, they have a place, they have a priority. They are a priority. They're a decision-making decision -making committee for me also, right? Um, so success is, is uh, it's relationships, it's fulfillment in my work, it's impact in my work. 
um, and feeling connected with myself above all. Awesome. Yeah, it stems from within. Mm -hmm. What's the hardest part? The hardest part, maybe the biggest block or something that you experience that, you know, maybe doesn't make you question, obviously, what you're doing, but, but you know, is, is hard to get over. The hardest part, um, I think choosing to be yourself is, uh, it can be hard sometimes. I think, uh, I think it can be a challenge to, to get up every day and to fight for what you want isn't easy, you know? Um, there's commitment in that, there's discipline in that, there's also sacrifice in that too. And um, there's lots of distractions there's lots of things I would love to do for lots of people. And sometimes you have to let other people down in order to choose your truth, in order to choose what's right for you. Um, I think over the, over the years, as I've, I've become more authentic and more um, just in, like my, my true self has come forward a lot more. Um, I've also had to confront how other people might react to that or how that might make other people feel. And there was a, you know, the, the little girl in me sometimes was, you know, don't say that because they might not respond well or, um, you know, they might not agree with you. That might ruffle a couple of feathers. But the more I realize that my authenticity is actually a permission slip for someone else, it's worth fighting for. Definitely. And I, I can imagine you talked about this earlier, but once you've experienced something, you, you, you want to help somebody else experience that as well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. What's next? What's next for you? Oh, um, what is, what's next? I, I'm in a season right now. I feel like I, the season that I just went through, I'm calling it integration. Like it was, very transformational. It was very disruptive. It was everything that I built, it no longer really aligned with um, with where I wanted to go. There's so many elements of it that did, but it was like the structures that I built, some of the relationships in it. I'm not that person anymore. And so I was really struggling to continue to fit myself into many of the boxes that I, that I built, that I constructed, that I put together. Um, and so there's been a lot of releasing, a lot of letting go, a lot of evolution in my life. And um, I feel like this season, you know, coming out of integration season, it's this season is it's time. It's time to um, I feel like in many ways I've been I'm like standing at the edge of a doorway and the doorway is like the door is like swung open. And on the other side of that door, there's all these opportunities, there's this whole world. And I'm being invited to take action in a new way. And I'm being invited to lead in a new way. I mean, being invited to um, create community in a new way. And I've just taken a step through that door. So this feels like a new book. It feels like not necessarily a, a, a new chapter, but feels like I'm stepping into a new book. So um, I haven't written it yet. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Where can people follow along? Where can people experience this new book? 
The new book, The Best Place to Find Me, so I have a podcast, it's called The Well by Mandy Balick, and um, I've got lots of intimate conversations I have on there. I kind of joke that, you know, pages of my diary is like, that's basically, we, we go deep there. Um, uh, it's mostly a solo show, but sometimes I have some guests on there, so that's a great place to find me. Otherwise, on Instagram, I keep pretty updated, lots of really great reflection prompts and um, integration questions and things like that. So um, keep an eye out for me there. Amazing. And the well, you, you rebranded from Ace to Well and you've used mm -hmm. this across your branding. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Well, I think, I think the, the context shift, I think it's important to share. Um, so Ace is something that I created in 2017 out of a deep desire for community. Um, but before I knew what ACE was, I had the name ACE. And the name originally was um, Activating Community Experiences. And at that time, I was the president of Best of Calgary. I was uh, running date night. I was building what became ACE. And I had all these things, and I was looking for a home for them. So I created ACE as the company name. And then as I started taking steps forward and um, what started as a brunch series became this movement across Canada, like we had six cities activated, 15,000 women, like all these things happening. I was like, oh, this is something completely different. And so the name shifted as the movement started to take shape and as the, like, the essence of this brand was starting to build. And so it went to um, activate, cultivate, empower activate meaningful conversations, cultivate community, um, and empower each other to live our best lives. That had a season, and then we reached a new season. And, um, you know, it, it kind of got to this edge of evolution that the mission changed, the vision expanded. And that didn't express everything that I wanted to create. It didn't express the conversations I wanted to continue to have. Um, so for seven years, ACE was the home of these types of conversations through brunch, through the conference, all of that. But the reflection time that I had uh, during Panda and um, just in this deep reflection with myself is looking back, again, connecting the dots, looking backwards, I was kind of trying to fit myself into something instead of coming from this place of intention of this is what I want to build. And so this next chapter, this next book with the well versus ACE really just represents a deepening of my vision. It represents a really intentional um, mission that is still coming to life, but it's really about the well-resourced life. It's about how are you activating your inner resources to create the life that you want. It's life, it's business, but it's it's really about um, how are you being the leader of your life, and that's the well. A tra transformation. Transformation. Can't yeah. rush a butterfly. No doubt. Mandy, thank you so much. This is absolutely incredible, and um, I, I truly can't wait to follow along the new book. And I'm sure there, you know there's so many insights and, and valuable uh, you know nuggets that that are throughout your learnings and and how you will help other people that are mm. you know incredible. So thank you so thank much. You. Thanks, Aiden.